Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary, uh, part two, as uh, my name is Peter Klein. Still, you can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at primetimekline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk, and you can email the show couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Um, if you're looking for an NBA Finals game, uh, game two breakdown, I just did one. Um, that one, or that podcast is already up, so if you haven't listened to that one yet, once you've done this one, pop over to that one and get the full breakdown of what happened in game two. Coming up on this show, we're going to look at game one in the Stanley Cup Finals, big weekend for the Toronto Blue Jays, and it's a UFC fight week, so we are going to preview all things UFC 289. Thank you all so much uh, for listening. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you can, and Hi, I'm let's Carson. get on with the show. And I'm Peter Klein, and this is We Had No Idea. A podcast about world events that you know about, but might have fallen asleep for during history class. Or social studies, however you learned history in high school. Each week, we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need a top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week, wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! So if you want a full analysis of Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final from me, I was on Game Over Cup Final, where uh, you would listen to Game Over Calgary. Uh, you can find it there. Uh, and where, wherever you find it, this podcast, you can find it. Uh, just search Game Over NHL or Game Over Cup Final. We will be there. Um, so that is that. But uh, just a couple of quick notes from this one. The Florida Panthers definitely belong. And that's something I didn't know if I would be saying. I kind of thought Vegas was just a better version of them. I thought that like, sure, you have Kachuk and Bennett, but I think Vegas can play a, a bit of a more physical game. Sure, you have Duclair and a couple of other guys. I think Vegas can play a better speed game. The one advantage that uh, Florida could have would be between the pipes, but also Sergei Bobrovsky can just kind of at some point, right? So um, I just kind of thought like everywhere, aside from goaltending, there was an obvious checkmark for Vegas. Um, and even then the, the checkmark on that side wasn't so big for Florida that I thought it was going to be able to do enough to keep them in it. I thought this is going to be a quick series and it still might be, but the Florida Panthers in game one showed that they absolutely belong. I thought in the first period, they actually took it to Vegas. It wasn't just, Hey, we're hanging with them. Let's do this. They went right at them. As the game went on, Vegas got a little bit better, but it was a strong night for the, the Florida Panthers. I am concerned from a Florida standpoint about Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett. As they both get into it late in the game, they both get uh, misconducts with about four minutes left. That really did kind of seal this one away. For Calgary fans, and I know the majority of you are, this is a song and dance we have seen and heard a number of times before. Matthew Kachuk... Sam Bennett lose their cool and all they can focus on is being pests and being instigators. Um, that's that, that really is what their main focus is. Like, I don't think Matthew Kachuk helped out the flames at all in their series against Edmonton. I thought he was more of a liability than an asset. And I, at the end of game one, that popped up again, that can't happen. They kind of, like, for Florida to win this series, they kind of need Kachuk to be the best player, and they need Bobrovsky to be the second best player in this series. Like, that that has to be the thing. And it wasn't for either of them in Game 1. And they need playoff Sam Bennett to, to show up here. Florida basically needs to play a perfect hockey game to have a chance at beating Vegas. And they did for a bit, but then Vegas started to pull away in, in, in Game 1. On the Vegas side, Aiden Hill, my 
word, what a game. They don't, like, look, it's easy to say they don't win that game without him because literally if you played without a goalie, it would be very difficult to win a hockey game. But they don't win this game without that save he makes in the second period, going back and getting the, the paddle on the, the chance in front. That is, it's desperation, but it worked. And it was incredible to see from from Aiden Hill. And he was strong all night. While Vegas was still getting their sea legs, they had three shots until very late in that first period. He was the kind of the, the calming force, keeping them in it. Um, he got a little over anxious on the stall goal where uh, Stahl's able to beat him on the wraparound. But after that, he really settled in and really found his game. And that, uh, again, if he is going to be that good, this Vegas team is going to be very, very tough to beat because they just have so many ways to beat you. And I know this is a repeat from what I said on Game Over, but they just have so many ways to beat you. They are just so talented up and down the roster. Chandler Stevenson... Like, he is never going, he's not going to get into the Hall of Fame. Um, he, he's never, like, you're never going to be playing, seeing kids playing road hockey and one of them go, I'm Chandler Stevenson. Like, he's never going to be a superstar. All he does is make people around him better. All he does, to, to sound like old man talking about hockey now, all he does is make winning plays. That's literally the only thing he does, is go out, make his team better, and put his team in a position to win hockey games. Literally every night. I watch this guy play. He ends up having one of those games where he is a difference maker in that one. Also on, on Game Over, I mentioned that, like, I thought Jack Eichel kind of had a quiet night. Um, he did end up having two assists. I didn't mean to say he was playing bad, but it's just like, he wasn't, I don't think he was the star of the show. That that was kind of Marsha So and Smith. Um, I thought Stone had a really good night. And then Theodore has a good night off on the blue line. By the way, how that guy only has one goal in the playoffs, I will never know. Because he has all the talent to be one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League. But for, um, for Vegas, they have, like I said, a few of those guys step up. Next game, it could be Jack Eichel. It's just like, yeah, I'm just going to take over and just be better than everyone. That's just what I'm going to do. They have those capabilities up and down the lineup. It is scary. Florida only has that, I think, with a few guys. So I, I just, I don't know if they have the firepower to, to keep up in this series. Moving into the world of baseball, the Toronto Blue Jays get exactly what they need this weekend with a sweep of the New York Mets. And the offense starts to come around a little bit. Kikuchi with another pretty good outing against the Mets. Um, but you, you have timely hitting. You have big hits like not not just like at big moments but like big bang boom type of a hit um that that is exactly what Toronto needed to do now you have a very key series coming up against Houston and another key moment for Alec Manoa who is not going to have an easy task in trying to figure out what is ailing him against one of the best teams in the American League in the Houston Astros. But this is a good litmus test for the Jays. Like they, they're, they're slowly kind of working their way back after some real struggles. I, I think this would, if they were to, like it, it, I'm not expecting a sweep of the Astros or anything like that, but they need to hang in all of these games for me to be like, okay, this is back to being the Blue Jays team that I, I would like them to see. But they need to really, really, really show up here against the Houston Astros. A team like Jose Altuve is a little bit banged up right now. You have Manoa and Gosman going in this series. You have the bats kind of waking up after a pretty quality win. Like, there have been some quality wins along the way, right? Like, they've they've swept the Mets. They've swept the Braves. But they, they've had some real stumbling blocks against teams that you would consider quality opposition if the Blue Jays are going to get to where we think they can get to, those need to start to go away a little bit. And I think a, a good series here against the Astros would go a long way towards that. The UFC's Octagon makes its return to Canada this weekend. 
as UFC 289 goes down in Vancouver. It was supposed to be here in Calgary, but there was a thought that there might be playoff hockey, which is laughable now. Um, so they couldn't possibly have booked this event for Calgary. So it's off in Vancouver. In the main event, it is uh, Amanda Nunes taking on uh, Irene Aldana. For This one is for the bantamweight crown. Um, admittedly, a bit of an underwhelming card. Uh, and especially for what they're paying. Uh, but th there isn't a whole lot going on on this card that is like, oh, wow, that this is absolutely must see. Like, the guy third from the top doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Like, this is, th this is the Wikipedia page of a really pretty good fight night card. In fact, next uh, next week is Marvin Vittori against Jared Cannonier. Um, oh, after that, it falls off. I was going to say, maybe this one's better than the pay-per-view card. It's not. It's a, it's a bad UFC fight night card. And this is, you know, you can make an argument about maybe there's too many UFC cards and a, a Kaikara France fight would have been pretty good on this card, you know, instead of Mike Mallet against Adam Fugit, which is, that can't be his real name, but I'm not going to look because why would I? Um, but there are still a few things that are fun about this card. Number one, it's Amanda Nunes. It is the, the GOAT. She has got her GOATed status back as she takes on uh, Irene Aldana. This after a win over Juliana Pena by unanimous decision. This was actually supposed to be a Nunes against Pena in the trilogy after Nunes whooped that ass at UFC 277 in Dallas, Texas. Um, Pena gets hurt. Aldana checks in. Nunez, this is all just about building up that legacy. I think this should be a Valentina Shevchenko fight. Um, I get Shevchenko has has lost the belt to um, uh, Alexa Grasso. And then there's the, well, I mean, she's just lost her belt. How could she go up and challenge for another one? People say that at the same time, Colby Covington's getting a title shot, right? Conor McGregor, um, even if he loses against Michael Chandler, he's one good press conference away from getting him himself back in the, the title shot. Wins and losses only seem to matter when it's convenient for the UFC to not put something together. This would, th this should be the, the the fight where it's Nunes against Shevchenko. Sorry, Shevchenko, run that one back one more time. Um, I I think a lot of fight fans are really clamoring to see it. Certainly more than they would be for a fight against Irene Aldana, who very quality fighter, and I don't doubt that she has earned her way to a championship. I just haven't seen enough from her to make me believe that she can take the title off of Amanda Nunes. I I do think that it might be a little bit too much for her coming off of back to back wins, um, but coming off of a loss to Holly Holm three fights ago. It just, and no one's ever going to feel like they are ready. You know, like it, it, it felt like Alexa Grasso maybe needed a bit more seasoning to beat Valentina Shevchenko. And then she just did. Sometimes it happens when you're punching people in the face and trying to injure them. That's the, that's the sport. Weird things can happen. But I, I just don't think she's ready for this type of an opportunity. Again, very few are. If you're waiting for someone who can be a, a quality challenge for the greatest women's fighter of all time, you're probably going to be waiting a while. But... It, it'll be interesting to see how Aldana, Aldana kind of adjusts for it. The lightweight belt uh, bout underneath. Uh, Charles Oliveira taking on Benil Dariush. Oliveira is the number one contender uh, according to the UFC's rankings, but again, got that ass whooped when he fought Islam Makhachev for the vacant uh, championship at 155 pounds. And so I don't think people are really clamoring for that rematch unless he does like a crazy capoeira kick to beat Benil Dariush. This fight is all about it being Benil Dariush's time. It gets very easy for the UFC. He wins this fight. He is the challenger at 155 pounds. No question about it. Um, he probably should be anyway. 
quite frankly. But he wins this fight. He is the number one contender. If he loses this fight, I don't know what they do at 155 pounds. Um, Poirier has just recently lost rather convincingly, um, but he's coming off of a win. Like, Justin Gaethje had a, a big win over Fiziev, but I, I don't know if that may necessarily makes you the number one contender. Um, if Michael Chandler goes off and just power bombs Conor McGregor, then maybe that sets him up like if he becomes a star off of the Ultimate Fighter and then has a big star-making fight against Conor McGregor, then maybe you maybe you run that one there if if Dariush wins. I don't think Oliveira is getting a title shot just based off of a Benil, uh, win over Benil Dariush. So things get very complicated for the UFC on 155 pounds if Benil Dariush doesn't win. If he wins, he should get the title shot. Um, and one other thing that I'm looking at on the fight card as we go on the way down, on the prelim portion on ESPN, uh, Miranda Maverick is back fighting and women's flyweight. 25 years old. She's certainly not like it's not, oh man, I can't believe she hasn't reached X level just yet. But there's a decent amount of hype around her. But whenever she's run into competition where there is hype also around them, she's lost, right? Like she, she loses to Macy Barber. She loses to Aaron Blanchfield. Back-to-back -back wins against uh, Sabina Mazzo by submission and a unanimous uh, decision win against Shauna Young back at UFC Fight Night uh, at the end of 2022. But th this is an opportunity, I think, for Miranda Maverick to really push that stock high. Go out there. Again, you're fighting someone who doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Go out there put on a, a real show, put this opponent away, and get yourself back into the conversation in the uh, in the women's flyweight division right now. Uh, currently with Alexa Grasso up at the top of it. But you look at like the, the people who she has lost to, she loses to Aaron Blanchfield, who is right there up at the top um, for a, a championship opportunity. Uh, she lost to Macy Barber. Macy Barber's in at number 11. Maverick's in at 15. Maybe a win here, and she has a chance to, to get back a couple of those wins and move her way up here. But I, I think she needs a real strong performance to, to really get this back on track. Not that she's lost it. She's 25. Um, like, she, she's not... It, well, lost here. May as well just hang them up. Like, she, she has a, a bright career ahead of her, but this has an opportunity to be a, oh, and she continued to stay hot with a win in, in Vancouver instead of after a stumble in Vancouver. Like, this this should be a, a big moment in her career to really propel her into bigger opportunities. So, going to have a lot of UFC 289 focus throughout the week um, as we get toward the pay-per-view card on Saturday. That's going to do it for part two of the podcast. Thank you all so much for downloading and for listening. Again, part one is the NBA Finals breakdown that uh, released technically last night. So uh, go check that one out as well. As always, social media, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm at PrimetimeKline. Twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. You can email the show CouchPotatoDiary at Yahoo.com. Find my general history podcast called We Had No Idea up wherever you get your podcasts. And I will talk. Oh, also uh, listen to, to Game Over, Game 1. Um, from the Sally Cup final and game two is tonight. Charlie and Kaya are on game over after that. Uh, so go check them out there as there's going to be game over cup final after every game of the Stanley Cup final. Thank you all so much for listening and I will talk to you all later.